The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, if I sound like I'm out of breath, it's because I am. It has been a busy week, but a fun one if you love horse racing. Uh, It started out on Sunday with the uh, with the Keeneland sale and um, went stayed there through Monday and then headed down to Kentucky Downs. I'll share a few more details with you, but this is going to be what's up at the Downs show because this is going to be all things Kentucky Downs. Our first guest is going to be Corey Johnson, who's the president of Kentucky Downs, uh, that unique European-style race course that's located in Franklin, Kentucky, right on the border there of Tennessee. And, uh, of course, uh, Johnson's been involved in, in racing for over 30 years. Uh, the president of Lone Star Park, uh, when they hosted uh, the Breeders' Cup back in 2004, uh, he's received uh, numerous national honors, and uh, he's just a, a great, great executive in racing, very approachable. And I uh, had a close call uh, yesterday that you'll hear about later on in the show, and it looks like they might be adding a few more races to their already full fields down there in Franklin, Kentucky. Again, that is Corey Johnson. Second guest, well, be the handicapper down there, Gary West. But you know Gary for a few other things. He was the regular columnist for the Daily Morning News and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Gary uh, always has some great stories. Uh, He uh, has had his own radio show. He's been a commentator on racing on ESPN and CNN, and uh, the author of Razu at the Races, The Diary of a Horse Player, one of the funniest books you'll ever read about the racetrack and horse racing. So Gary is, is down there at Kentucky Downs as the professional handicapper. As you know, it's a very unique course. It's undulating. It's uh, it's not a complete oval. Uh, you actually take a slight right turn as you go into uh, the far turn on the uh, not what would be the clubhouse side, but would be to your left. And then they swoop down and go down, and then run the last three furlongs slightly uphill. Um, quite a unique course. So uh, we're going to have Gary West on with us, uh, handicapping a slew of stakes that they've got down there uh, at Kentucky Downs. Again, remember, all of these races on the grass, so uh, having Gary's expertise is really going to be uh, a big help. Well, um, again, the uh, the Keeneland sale was uh, was quite the thing to see. A little bit warm down there in Lexington, but, man, it didn't seem to affect any of the beautiful yearlings they had, and they just are doing fantastic. Um, I haven't gotten my last press release out. I do know that uh, on Wednesday they had a $2.2 million uh, filly. 
uh, and they've been having um, millionaire horses every day. I haven't gotten my um, uh, release from Keeneland yet on today's sale, but uh, they also on yesterday, besides uh, the 2.2 million uh, filly, there was a 1.75 million half sister to the champion Speedstown and or Spite Town, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, so uh, you're just seeing the, the, the absolutely top bloodlines in the world. And coming over to the United States, we started to see a couple of Galileos. You may recall we were talking to Joe Nevels not too long ago, and he was saying that he thought that the Galileos would uh, bring a lot of attention. Uh, he's the hottest sire in Europe, and now we've got some of his bloodlines over here in America. And uh, one of uh, his sons, uh, who's a half-brother to European champion, Master Craftsman, uh, went for $1.4 million. I know if you go to, uh, to Keeneland.com, you'll be able to get all the results. And also, you can actually, if you've got the time on your hands, you can sit there and uh, watch, watch it live and uh, be a part of the action down there in central Kentucky. But uh, just, just a beautifully manicured place. Don't forget, these sales are going to go all the way through next week. So for any reason you're in the area, uh, whether or not they're the million-dollar horses or the horses that will bring perhaps a more price closer to our pocketbook, um, you, you'll really enjoy yourself at Keeneland. Of course, they've got buffet and bar and beautiful women down there. And um, it, it's just it's a fantastic atmosphere uh, to be around. Uh, a lot of electrical buzz in the in the air at Keeneland. If you get the chance, I'd take it up and also be sure to check those results. So it looks like the the, the market is is pretty healthy right now, and that's uh, that's good for racing, no doubt about it. Well, uh, rounded out, went from Keeneland and headed down that road to Franklin, Kentucky, and uh, just had a fantastic time on Wednesday. Uh, some of the top jockeys in the world were partaking in the first ever. Uh, PDJF golf outing. That's for the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. And it was a great time. Uh, Brian Hernandez and his younger brother was there uh, with Evangeline Downs uh, closing now. His younger brother is going to come up and uh, run at uh, Churchill Downs for uh, the, the first time. Uh, Corey Lannery is quite the golfer. He looked awful good. Gary Stevens had had, had a great day. Um, trying to think of uh, all the, the other uh, top jocks that were there involved in the, in the tournament. And what they did was they paired him up with with different people from the area or from the industry uh, that that want, you know, paid some good money and donated the money to the PDJF um, on the course down there, just a few miles from Kentucky Downs. So that was a good time had by all. And then uh, after that, everybody took a little break to, to get cleaned up. And uh, Corey Johnson just put on a fantastic silent auction of benefiting the PDJF uh, over at Kentucky Downs, of course. They only race five days a year. So, yeah, there was no live racing, but uh, just a fabulous buffet. And Gary West, who will be talking to us about some of the details, uh, was was the host of this event and just did a fantastic job. Now, a couple golfers that, that couldn't make it down but did make it to the dinner, I think you'll know their names, Chris McCarron and Pat Day uh, both made it down for the dinner. It was pretty unbelievable. And uh, on, on the screen, Gary had arranged to have some of their top races, whether it be a Breeders' Cup, a Kentucky uh, D- Derby race, um, you know, one of the grade ones, some of the great rivalries, and then would bring up, you know, each jockey uh, to speak about uh, their, their racing accomplishments. Of course, a name that I've forgotten, a guy that I hadn't seen in so long, is the last man to ride secretariat. Here's a trivia question for you. 
Who would that be? Well, that would be the one and only Eddie Maple. Eddie's a pretty good golfer, and it was it was fun to see him. So uh, at the dinner, we just had this uh, row of uh, Hall of Famers there uh, sharing their stories. They were very accessible uh, to, to the general public. Uh, they're probably going to make this an, an annual event. Corey Johnson just put together a, a sensational event and outing. And uh, like I said, I was just glad to, to be there and to uh, to be a part of it. So uh, we'll share more of that with you with both uh, both Corey and uh, with, with Gary when they come on. Uh, the uh, Winning Ponies, I hope you've been tuning in. They've still been hitting uh, the, the tracks hard, hitting Churchill hard. I just did daily double, double on uh, earlier in the week, uh, $390.60 have been doing well. Um, some uh, kind of exciting things happened at uh, Kentucky Downs yesterday, I shall say electrifying. I won't go into the too many details. Hopefully everybody's okay, but they had a bit of a lightning storm that um, – caused a cancellation of the live card, but it looks like they're going to be able to uh, make up those days. Uh, John Ward, who's the executive director of the Kentucky Horse Racing um, Association, said that in the interest of racing, he didn't see any reason why Kentucky Downs can't make up the races. So, uh, Gary West is going to be a very busy man in the the days ahead, because he's going to have some very, very uh, full fields than uh, some really high-quality racing because the money they were giving away was just fantastic. Well, we'll take a look at the, some of the races that happened last week. Uh, here's some good news. Groupie Doll, who just did not fire in her return, sure did fire at Presque Isle and the Presque Isle Masters. Uh, she repeated in that $400,000 race and set a new track record while doing it. So she is still the reigning Eclipse champion, Philly Mare Sprint Division. Uh, I've got a feeling that uh, just got to throw out that gardenia. She didn't break well and uh, pretty much uh, chased the field for the rest. Obviously back in track record setting uh, time. Uh, obviously Buff Bradley has her ready to roll. It'll be interesting to see uh, where she's going to go next. Odds are on October 5th, she's going to end up uh, being in the Thoroughbred Club of America Stakes at Keeneland and then probably right on to the uh, Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint at Santa Anita. So uh, it was really good to see her her come back. Uh, Marty McGee said if it's uh, not just setting a track record that's a standard for being back in peak form. She is certainly up to par and will have her work cut out for her later in the season. So uh, good news to see that that she, that she came back. Uh, Got to give a, a little uh, heads up uh, to uh, a couple of jockeys. Uh, Ronnie Allen won his 3,000th race yesterday, and William Otero won his 2,000th career race uh, back on thir- last Thursday. Uh, we didn't have that information before the show, so congratulations to them. And uh, let's uh, also take a look. We had, of course, uh, our buddy Ed Meyer with us on the show last week. And I know a horse that both Ed and I did like because we bet her the last time and we're trying to get our money back was boisterous. And uh, sad to say, we did not get our money back. I truly believe that the... Uh, Shug McGahey trained distorted humor 
horse was the best in the race. It's not that often you see Johnny V make mistakes, and I don't know if it was a mistake or just the way the race unfolded, but he had her sitting back in a very nice position, but along the rail, saving ground the whole way. And when he went to make his move, he went on the turn. Well, the horses on the outside kept him in. The horse on the front, a lot of times, though, on coming off a turn, will uh, stretch out a little bit. And uh, in this case, it did not happen. And so uh, he had to check right there. Meanwhile, the, the uh, horses in front continued to go on, uh, hyper extending his lead. And under Javier Castellano, uh, hyper ended up finishing on top with Finnegan's Wake in second. And though she uh, he finished fast, Boisterous had to uh, settle for the third spot in there. Okay, uh, then we went uh, from Belmont to the the Super Derby. And the Super Derby, no doubt about it, Departing, who was the horse to beat, could not be beaten. A beautiful ride by Robbie Alvarado. He was uh, fifth in the early going, then third, ended up winning easily by four lengths. Congratulations to trainer Al Stahl. Departing got uh, kind of a, a late start to life, but now has... Uh, Six wins from eight lifetime starts, well over a million dollars in earnings. So it was uh, departing, uh, getting the job done over Ruler of Love and Cameo Parents. Again, that the Super Derby. Then we had the two baby races at Churchill Downs. And we'll start with the Pocahontas. The winner by a half a length was number one, Untappable, a tap at Philly, who finished just over Stonetastic and Rosalind. And then the boys' division, very exciting, certainly for Donegal Stable, who ran 1-2. Two. two Dale Romans trainees ran 1-2, getting up from 8th to 1st. It was Claiborne, not like the farm, C-L-E-B-U-R-N-E, uh, getting up with Corey Lannery in the saddle. In the second uh, spot, it was smart cover. Again, two Dale Romans trainees running one, two. And in the third spot, another tappet. This one was tapature. Well, that was a look at last week's races. And uh, we are going to, again, be talking with Corey Johnson, president of Kentucky Downs, on Winning Ponies. It's What's Up at the Downs. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup Travers, Haskell, or your daily races. Don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 
time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and coming up with me again is Corey Johnson, uh, the president of Kentucky Downs, that very unique course. Again, all the races run at Kentucky Downs are run on the turf at various uh, distances. It's in Franklin, Kentucky, right on the border. As you call it, when this track started, it was called dueling grounds because historically back in the day, it was illegal to have a gun duel in Tennessee so people would cross the border into Kentucky and actually have their shoot 'em ups uh, if there was a problem over a gambling debt or a girlfriend uh, at, the, at the dueling grounds. So, uh, again, the, the name now is Kentucky Downs, and uh, and with me now is Corey Johnson, the president of Kentucky Downs, and an all-around great guy who runs a fantastic track. Corey, are you there? Yes, I am. Yeah, oh, that's a, there's some great history about this uh, this facility. I mean, uh, uh, there was back in the in the 1830s, there were a number of uh, uh, I I'll say, gentlemen from Nashville that would settle their disputes up here. The one thing is that a lot of people don't realize is very seldom were was one of the duelers actually killed. Um, they'd usually they'd either miss or they would just kind of wing them a little bit because the guns weren't very good and they were far enough away. Uh, so a, a lot of times there were no deaths, but. Uh, and I will tell you this, I'm rambling here, but I'll tell you one thing I'll never forget. I went to the um, the governor of Kentucky's inauguration, his swearing in, and I'll never forget that they put in the Kentucky Constitution that the governor could not be involved in duels because they, they, uh, ban- they banned duels, I guess, I don't know, sometime in the 1800s because it was so prevalent uh, here down at Dueling Grounds. Well, uh, yeah, we, we do want to keep our elected officials around, although some people might uh, argue with, with that point. Well, uh, Corey, be, before uh, we go on to uh, – I want to talk about the great uh, fundraiser you put, you put together on uh, Tuesday. Uh, can you tell us – I didn't go into too much detail at the top of the program – what happened yesterday at Dueling Grounds? I had left just before things got kind of electrifying. Yes, um, 
there uh, a, a storm blew in, and we were actually in the steward stand watching it come across, and uh, we thought it was going to the north and east of the track. That's where we saw some lightning up in the horizon, and we had the horses in the paddock for the fifth race, and it started raining, but you know it, we actually thought we were going to be fine, and then all of a sudden this you know huge bolt of lightning comes down, and it landed in our finish line area and injured a lady um, in a tent, and she was uh, transported to uh, the local hospital and then sent to Vanderbilt University in the burn unit, um, and she's stable. It's it's hard because of the new laws, the new privacy laws. You can't get much information, but right, um, you know, she left here stable. You you could tell, and the word is is that you know she she's down there now. So it was very disturbing for me. Um, but I've had a lot of people say that they just it just came out of nowhere, and then it fried our uh, some of our tote room equipment, some of our video equipment, and some of the stewards. And equipment. What we think happened is lightning struck a, 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 an underground cable, and it just went along that cable and fried everything on the inside in our clubhouse building, and then in the steward stand in the video. So we just couldn't uh, we we couldn't uh, you know get back up and running, and so uh, we just thought we'd cancel the the remaining six. Frankly, the course was fine. Um, you know, the, the, the course is great, and we're looking forward to a great day of racing on Saturday. Well, and in, in saying that, I know shortly we're going to have uh, your uh, well-spoken uh, handicapper, Gary West, on the show. Um, it looks like I read a quote from John T. Ward that he said, I certainly don't see any reason in all good faith why we can't uh, replace those races, considering the fact that, uh, you know, you had the races written at such a short meet, and my God, the purses you're putting out there are fantastic. Yeah, um, you know, I actually own a few horses and breed horses, and as anybody knows that's paid a, a training bill or a vet bill, you know, you almost have to have, we really need to have purses, you know, that average, I'd say, 90000 But, I mean, it's it's expensive to run a racehorse. And, uh, and so, yeah, we're really proud of the progress we've made. And we're also really gratified that the horse players of America have responded. You know, opening day, we were up 108%. And, you know, it just kind of shows when you have uh, – good quality racing that's run over a, a very fair-minded turf course um, and that you have good odds because you have big field size and very competitive fields, um, you know, the horse players will respond. And, and also, I'm going to add this, we've got the lowest takeout in North America. We purposely uh, have our exacted takeout at 18 and a quarter percent, which is the lowest in the country. It's the most popular bet that there is. And and we also have a low pick five at 14%. So we're really trying to make this a, a meet that the horse players will look forward to. And so far, that's what's happening. Well, I hope more executives in racing uh, take a look at your numbers and then how you did it and uh, to, to see uh, similar things happen at, at some other tracks. Well, something that doesn't happen at every track is what happened there on, on, on Tuesday and, and yesterday, and that was the event you put on for the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. Uh, the, the golf outing was a lot of fun. It was a little bit rain-shortened, but by that time, everybody had had their fill. It was a great interaction uh, with the jockeys, with uh, some of the uh, the guests, 
that uh, that made donations to the PDJF to have the right to golf with those guys. Everybody had a great time, uh, you know, and then to, to have a dinner uh, that was just fantastic, by the way. Hats off to your chef. Um, but that, that featured uh, five Hall of Famers and a marvelous job of hosting by Gary West. I mean, you really uh, put on a great show out there. Yeah, it's, and I want to stress this, it was the first annual. You know, it's something that uh, I'm a big believer in that we need to give back. And, and uh, you know, the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund is one that, that everybody in our industry needs to get behind and uh and so we were started off with our first hall of fame day and and you know as you know that dinner was just absolutely priceless i mean when you think about it we showed videos and to show the stretch run of personal ensign running down winning colors and having randy romero and gary stevens there was priceless i mean and 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 eddie maple was there talking about riding secretariat and some of his other great mounts and you know pat day was there you know and and uh they had fun with each other about boy you beat me that day and (laughs) and uh it was just a it was just a great night And, and also as you know gary west is one of the the real treasures we have in horse racing he's just such a great turf rider and he was did a great job of him seeing and one thing we did with the dinner is we had a silent auction and we raised thousands of dollars, but we also had some of our really good instant racing players and we invited them there as well. And a lot of them, they may not have been racing fans coming in, but a lot of them really enjoyed the dinner. They, they gave us great feedback on it and it's every time we can, we need to introduce anybody that walks in our building to our great sport and, and that's what we were able to do. Uh, you certainly were. You you were very successful at it. You, you've done a lot of things, Corey, that I really hope other tracks emulate. I just don't know if you raise the bar so high, you're not going to be able to jump over it next year. I mean, <laughs> when you bring in five Hall of Famers. Well, I'll tell you what, I did. I had a golfer that would just put a team in, and he, he told me he wants to sponsor it next year. So that's that's the idea. You know, you you take a, a you know you know solid first step, and then maybe you can get into a jog and then a gallop, and then you're you're off and running. And you might remember an event we did at Lone Star Park, the All Star Jockey Championship, and oh, yeah. we raised over six hundred thousand over five years for the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. And you know, there's no reason that you know we can't do more at Kentucky Downs. We got some other things planned for next year. And um, and and we're gonna. Not only will this event be a great one, but we're we're going to do a couple other things with the jockeys that'll be uh, very innovative as well. You know, that's the, one of the things that I think we can do here, and we owe it to the industry is to try new things like lower takeout, um, maybe do some different things uh, with our wagering mix, with uh, different types of wagers, with different events. So you're going to see more and more of that come out of Kentucky Downs and. I know you were there. One of our partners is Bill Kasner, and he's one of the the great ambassadors for everything that's right about horse racing. And I just, you know, Bill probably wouldn't want me to say this, but after that dinner, he said, you know what? He said uh, he was a $1,000 sponsor of the night. He says, you know what? I'm writing a check for $5,000. As these Hall of Famers came in here, they were great. This is a great cause. So I'm very fortunate to have partners like Bill Kasner in Kentucky Downs. 
Well, I was very glad he was there, too, but I kind of wasn't glad he was there because I could not outbid him on any of the great <laughs> items you had up for silent auction, Corey. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's tough to outbid. You're right. You don't have a chance going up against him. Well, uh, again, we're, we're talking with Corey Johnson, and uh, you can t- talk to any of my listeners and let them know that uh, I'm a big fan of Kentucky Downs. Ever since I made my first visit, I tell everybody, you know, if you talk about Saratoga, you talk about Del Mar's being on your bucket list, this unique boutique meet is something that everybody needs to see. I call it Chantilly France meets the county fair. Absolutely. I, and, and, yeah, you're right. That's, that's, what, that's what we strive to be. Well, it is fantastic, and I see my producers telling me we got Gary West uh, on deck. But uh, thanks so much for spending time, and thanks so much for, for doing everything you do in the industry, Corey, because, like I said, I hope more racing executives are watching what you're doing and seeing your success. Well, thank you very much. And it's, All right, that's uh, Corey Johnson from Kentucky Downs, and up next, a guy who's going to have to carry me pretty good because – I have a tough time handicapping Kentucky Downs, and that would be handicapper at Kentucky Downs, Gary West. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and I told you at the top of the show that Gary West is going to be with us. Well, of course, back in the day when uh, newspapers actually employed turf writers, 
Uh, he was the regular columnist for the Dallas Morning News and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Uh, Gary certainly knows the sport intimately, as he is the son of a jockey, uh, one of the most uh, intelligent people you'll meet in racing. He was a college teacher before returning to the racetrack and writing about horse racing. He's been a commentator on racing on ESPN and CNN and has a book you can still get on Amazon. I know this for a fact, Razu at the Races, the Diary of a Horse Player. And right now, if you uh, turn the television on on those rare days that we get to see Kentucky Downs, uh, the handsome man in the suit giving out his uh, picks on this European-style track is Gary West. Gary, welcome to Winning Ponies. Well, thank you, John. I, I am glad to be here because I enjoy being um, in Kentucky, of course, and at Kentucky Downs. I think it's very exciting what they're doing there. Uh, it really is, and, and speaking of uh, exciting of what they're doing there, um, you, I have to say, did an outstanding job at the Master Ceremonies at what we believe will be the first of many annual events uh, for the Permanently Disabled uh, Jockeys Fund. Again, you being the son of a jockey, you shared some of your own personal stories, but boy, the way you put that together with those outstanding races, and then to be able to just look 10 feet away and see uh, Randy Romero. Eddie Maple, uh, Pat Day, uh, Gary Stevens, uh, you know, uh, uh, right there in person and be able to bring them up and interview them about the race. You, you, you just did a fantastic job. You got everybody relaxed. And the guys actually had uh, a little fun with it in the races where one guy beat the other. Well, thank you, John, but I didn't have to do anything. I mean, how could I miss? You know, with, with those guys on hand, uh, you put those guys in the same room and just give them the opportunity to talk about what they've accomplished in, in this great game that they all love. It, it's it's uh, an impossible uh, thing to mess up, and unfortunately I didn't. I just stayed out of their way, and they were terrific. And uh, I, I thought it was a fun evening, and the, the jockeys there, I thought, enjoyed it. And you're right, it was it was amusing and a lot of a fun to see uh, uh, Pat Day and Chris McCarron and Gary Stevens and Eddie Maple talk about the uh, the races they rode together and and one beating the other in a photo, et cetera. And and it just shows how competitive they are because they still hold a grudge after all these years. You know, they, they're still annoyed that they that they lost that photo. And I think that's uh, that's what made them great riders. Um, I believe it was uh, Pat Day who told a great story about Randy Romero. As most uh, racing fans know, Randy was involved in a freakish but horrible uh, accident back in 1983. It was a fire in the jocks room at Oakland Park, and he had severe burns over two-thirds of his body. And when he was um, uh, recovering from that, every morning he would be taken down and, and put in this, in this solvent that would uh, um, take off the, the dead skin, and they would actually scrub him. And this is a guy who's burned all over his body, scrub off the dead skin. It was horribly painful and yet he would put his name up at the top of the list to be the first there every morning because he just wanted to be first i mean he was that competitive even about a thing like that and and he would boast look at that we're at the top of the list we're going to be first about being uh <laughs> leading the, the pack to get down there and get the dead skin scrubbed off of his recovering body what, what an amazing guy and they all were terrific and it was a lot of fun
Uh, it really, it really was. And I'm sure the word's going to get out. And right now we have thousands of listeners. And it, as long as, you know, uh, if Corey can give me a heads up as far out when he's going to open this up to X number of the public, uh, I'm sure that you'll see that uh, room. Oh, that was pretty filled. Uh, be packed to the gills unless he's got a bigger room next year because it was just fantastic. And the jocks were so happy to interact with everybody. And then, and then you had the signing uh, at the track the next day for a very minimal uh, donation, a ten dollar donation. They were signing anything, goggles, racing forms. Of course, uh, the track had the playing cards. Uh, made for everybody. Uh, it was just, just a, f- a fantastic event. Well, let's move forward now to this very unique track at which uh, you, you are harnessed with the, the uh, job of, of handicapping at. It's unlike any track in the United States. And with the races canceled yesterday, it looks like some races will be added to a couple of the days later in the meet. And as you said, uh, you don't mind doing the extra work because the, the racing there is of such quality. How do I, as a handicapper, approach the races at Kentucky Downs? Is, is there a, a method to it? Is there things I should be looking for? Take me by the hand. Okay. Well, um, first of all, Kentucky Downs is unique, I think, in that you could actually make money just betting on the favorites. Uh, last year, the racing's formful, and last year, if you had just bet on the favorites you would have made 20%, actually 22% profit on your investment. The reason for that is even the favorites are usually 3 to 1 or 4 to 1 because the fields are so large and the race is so contentious. Now, I'm not suggesting you bet on the favorite every race, but my point is it's a great opportunity to make money. And the racing is indeed very formful, although the the, uh, course is unique. And... um, Kentucky Downs has become, thanks to Corey Johnson, who you had on earlier, uh, basically a, a, a better's paradise. Uh, it has the lowest takeout, and your listeners know that the takeout is the cost of betting, the lowest takeout in the country for, um, for exactas, for example, 18.25%. Multi-horse and multi-race wagers, for the most part, are at 19% takeout, and most tracks is 21%. Win play show betting, 16%, and most tracks at 17 or 18%. The pick five is 14%. It goes on and on. The, 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 the betting there is, is it's a, a bargain sale, and it's quality racing. But the reason you can make money at Kentucky Downs, betting on favorites, is the low takeout, which creates, of course, when, when there's less money taken out of the pool before the money goes back to the betters, that means the payoffs are higher and, and the, the formful racing. So it's, it's a great, great place to be for the betters. Um, it's, a great, it's a great track to bet. And beyond that, there are some things I think it's, it's important to know. For example, um, the, the configuration of the racetrack is, is essential to understanding how the races are, are run and, and what requires, uh, what, what's required of the winners. And uh, I've, I've been looking at charts now. Um, you know, Corey called me last year, and, and I've known him for more than 30 years and invited me to come up here and, and uh, help out for a few days. And, of course, I have such respect for Corey that I said, sure, whatever you want, just let me know when I need to be there. And I started looking at charts at Kentucky Downs and realized what a unique place this is because, of course, of that, that oval, which isn't an oval. It's more like a pear. And um, there's a, a, an expansive turn 
that uh, allows horses to continue their speed uninterrupted. You know, at most turns, a horse will have to slow down approximately two lengths when he, when he hits the turn. He'll have to rate. And at Kentucky Downs, when you run three-quarters of a mile, there's a very short run to the turn, but that's okay because the turn is so vast and so sweeping that the uh, speedsters can continue uninterrupted. And that gives speed an advantage in those shorter races, and especially so because uphill you go in the stretch. Uh, there's a slight incline in the stretch, which means that the late runners, when they do their best running, are at a little disadvantage. And so if you look at the races, well, let's just take last year. There were 18 races run at a distance of uh, six and a half, seven, or three-quarters of a mile, and eight of those were won by a horse that led throughout. The average winner in those uh, sprints was within two lengths of the lead after the opening uh, half mile. So uh, speed is, I think, a premium um, in, in the sprints, but it's just the opposite in the mile races uh, because when you run a mile, the opening, uh, I guess it's about almost uh, three-eighths, no, about a quarter of a mile, uh, three-sixteenths of a mile, is uphill. And so speed is at a little disadvantage there, and the typical winner in the mile races is uh, coming from about four, a little bit more than four lengths out of it, uh, five lengths out of it after the opening half mile. So understanding the configuration of the, uh, of the course, I think, is important to uh, picking winners. Well, I know <clears throat> I spoke with uh, both uh, Brian Hernandez and Chris McCarron about, like you said, the pear-shaped course and the fact that uh, as you go into that turn, you almost will see the horses disappear. They, they kind of go down. And uh, Chris McCarron said, if I ever make a comeback, it's going to be at this track, he said, because all you do is let your horse run at his own pace. Uh, and, and Brian Hernandez said the same thing. He said, you just let your horse run, obviously not wildly loose on the lead, but you just let him get into his gallop and do his gallop. You don't start changing things. And he says, if you can get him to relax and get him to just gallop down that sweeping turn, you're going to have something less for, uh, what is it, almost three furlongs on a slight incline going to the finish line? It seems to never it's, it's appear. It's more than a, a quarter of a mile, certainly. The, the, the quarter pole is, is in the stretch. And uh, so, it's, yeah, it's about um, uh, five-sixteenths of a mile coming down the lane, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I believe the only track in America that has to have two pan cameras just to cover the stretch run. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it, it is very much like European racing. And, and I, I agree that, uh, yeah, just let the horse run. Don't uh, take hold of him early and, and try to do anything fancy. Let the horse run, and um, uh, you'll, you'll find success. Also, uh, it's, it's, I think, useful to remember that the big sweeping turn, which is the second turn, actually, um, uh, is uh, um, to the right. You know, there's a little little bootleg to the right there when you enter that turn, so that outside post positions uh, in those sprints actually have a little bit of an advantage uh, over inside post positions. Um, not a great advantage. Post position isn't uh, a critical factor here because there's a long run uh, through that turn. But uh, if, if post positions um, you know, are going to be a deciding factor, I would go for a horse from, let's say, number four or five out um, rather than inside. 
Well, I'm going to uh, have to tap you a little bit early here for some of your selections on uh, Saturday's card. That's just going to be outstanding. Certainly a challenge on a course like this for two-year-olds uh, is uh, – can really probably bring you some prices, and it's going to be a challenge. But uh, you brought together both the girls and boys division of the Kentucky Downs uh, Juvenile Phillies and the Kentucky Downs Juveniles. Uh, looks like you give the ladies a chance to go first. Um, what I've learned over the last year is pretty much if I see a horse on the grass with the name Kitten's Joy in it, it pretty much gets some of my green at the window. And I see that uh, well-respected trainer Wayne Catalano has lean on Kitten, breaking from the outside post in this seven-for-long race. Of course, they're all in the grass, 150000 Uh How do you see the juvenile Phillies coming together? Well, you know, I, I've uh, been looking at, at races, um, videos, uh, much of the afternoon, and I'm excited about all these races. I frankly haven't made up my mind in all of them. Um, but I'm excited in especially about these juvenile races because, for me, one of the most fun things about this game is trying to identify these major talents before they become major talents, you know, to, to pick out these uh, promising youngsters as they're on their way to uh, to greatness and, and, and who knows what. And I think we have... Um, a, a very good group of uh, two-year-old fillies and colts. But you mentioned the Kitten's Joy filly, Lean on Kitten, who's uh, number nine in the uh, in the uh, Kentucky Downs Juvenile Phillies race, which is the fifth race on the program. They're going seven-eighths of a mile. And, and her uh, debut was very impressive because the, the pace was very, very slow going a mile at Arlington Park. They went 53 on the front end. And right. um, she was back there in, I think, fifth position. And, and she had an explosive turn of foot coming down the lane and won by uh, more than two lengths. Uh, she was very impressive that day. I was uh, quite taken with her with her explosiveness down the stretch. To overcome that slow pace and still win, uh, I thought, said a lot about her talent. And, and the, the surface that day wasn't so slow that that 53 was a reasonable uh, half-mile fraction. The other turf races that day at Arlington Park, the, uh, the opening half-mile was run in 46 and change and one in 49 and change. So 53 was just extraordinarily slow they were galloping out there and still she was able to run down the leaders with that explosive move and since then um, I, I think she's been training with the best two-year-olds in Wayne Catalano's barn I'm eager to ask him about this because when she worked um, on August 30th uh, at Arlington Park she went five-eighths of a mile in a minute and change out of the gate well that same morning solitary ranger uh, worked five-eighths of a mile out of the gate in the same exact time. Now, I point that out because Solitary Ranger also comes from the stable of Wayne Catalano, and Solitary Ranger just won the Arlington-Washington Futurity by five-and-a-half lengths. I'm guessing they work together. Um, that would make a lot of sense, and, and that would suggest also that he has such a high opinion of her that he worked her with his best colt, uh, Solitary Ranger. So I, I do like Lean on Kitten in that fifth race, uh, the, the Juvenile Phillies race, but there are some other interesting horses. One of them, Personal Diary, who uh, won her debut at Ellis Park and just got wiped out at the start and was far back and still won. Um, very impressive. I think she's probably um, going to be compromised here because she's She's turning back from a mile to seven eighths, 
probably wants more distance, but she's very capable. And then you have um, a J.J. Stepp, who just won by six links at Ellis Park, another impressive maiden winner. And um, Pocket Gift, she won at Indiana Downs in a very impressive effort. And Le Mejor Fiesta, the big party from uh, Wesley Ward, they're all recent winners, and they all looked good. So I, I'd like several fillies in there, but the two I'm most intrigued by are Lean on Kitten and Personal Diary. Lean on Kitten's going to be my pick. All right. Well, I've only got about uh, seven more minutes left in this segment, so um, it's going to be tough to get three races in here. Uh, we go again now to the uh, Kentucky Downs uh, Juvenile. This is the boys' division. And, again, you know, to just speak to what you were saying, you know, it kind of – Hard to separate. They're the favorite. Here's Johnny at two to one and school on a hill. Here's Johnny certainly brings an interesting resume to the race. Uh, Wes Ward, the first uh, North American trainer to win uh, over in uh, in Europe at the uh, uh, the, that boutique uh, meet, uh, tried it again and um, and missed by a length and a quarter, and now brings this horse uh, back. Here's Johnny, very interesting. West Ward, very dangerous. That's the two-to-one horse to beat, it looks like, according to your odds maker. Yeah, he is the horse to beat. There's no question about that. Um, He broke his maiden at Churchill Downs impressively, then went to um, uh, France and ran fourth in a stakes race there, now comes back here. And although he's two to one, and I might even pick him, uh, from a better's point of view, this is the kind of horse I would probably choose to bet against because that's asking an awful lot of a two-year-old to go to France, come back over here, and run a month later. Um, for that reason, I, I think two to one is too, too short a price for me to accept as a better. Um, so I would probably put my money on school on a hill, who uh, won at um, Arlington Park in a very impressive race. He was boxed, uh, not boxed in, but trapped behind horses. And when there was a little opening at the top of the lane, he shot through there and won by uh, nearly three lengths in his debut. And now he switches barns. He moves to the barn of Wayne Catalano. And um, I I think that's going to be a positive move for him. I think School on a Hill is very intriguing there in uh, in the juvenile and just to add to that, we'll get first-time Lasix in this race. Um, let's uh, move on to a, a race that has last year's winner in it. Uh, the name of the race is the Franklin Simpson Mile, 150,000. Uh, this is one of those races Gary was telling us about the, the, the distance switch here. This, horse, uh, this race will be going one mile into that big uh, egg-shaped turn, uh, the uh, the easy winner last year was Depeche Cat, who's tarnished his resume a little bit. With uh, it's only made one start this this year, um, and it looks like uh, this is another race where you're really going to get some good odds on whoever ends up being the favorite. And I quite frankly don't see a standout. I believe at uh, four to one you got Coleport, and at nine to two the Pizza Man. Oh, the, the, these races are so competitive. You mentioned Depeche Cat. Uh, chat rather uh, he won the race last year he's 10 to 1 good lord won the turf dash last year and he's 12 to 1 coming back in that race um, which is one of the greatest races that'll ever be run at kentucky downs in fact tomorrow's card is probably the greatest card in the history of kentucky downs 1.3 million dollars and you know there there's uh in the dash 
uh, the winner of the of the Breeders' Cup uh, Turf Sprint two years ago, and and several just outstanding horses. But we're talking about the Franklin Simpson Mile. I think a very intriguing horse here is Utley, who's coming into this uh, fresh. He's six to one, and and he has won five races in his career, and four of them he won returning from a, a layoff. In other words, he runs his best races when he's fresh, and he has the perfect running style uh, for this. Uh, surface for this course and for this distance. And in fact, you know, the, the one mile distance is kind of a specialty, and uh, he's won five races at this distance, I believe. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, he's won two out of three at this distance. Um, so uh, he's quite capable, and, and I like the number on him at six to one. If he's somewhere around there, I think he'll be a, a bargain. Yeah, I've really had a hard time uh, separating these ones, but again, you know, when I when when I see kittens joy on the grass, it's just too hard to pass up. So I'm probably going to give a little bit of a push here to uh, Channing Hill and and Coleport. Uh, I know that uh, this is an Indiana bred, and that's where this horse has won most of its stakes. But God, it's just it's phenomenal what that sire has done with horses uh, on the grass. Uh, we've got uh, one more, more more race on the card, and if we've got some time after we handicap it, I've got a question for you. Um, it's going a mile and a half. It's the Kentucky Turf Cup. This is a, a grade three race, $400,000, and this is one of the rare races where fans at Kentucky Downs will get to see the horses go by twice at a mile and a half. Right, right. It's it's uh, the big race of the season, uh, 400,000 uh, camping, a, a historic day at the racetrack. And, uh, again, a very competitive race. Hall of Fame jockey Gary Stevens is on Timoraine, one of the favorites. Uh, Najar is three-and-a-half to one. He just uh, ran, what, third or fourth in the Arlington Handicap. And then you have uh, Sun Tracer, who just ran second and the American St. Leisure at, uh, at Arlington Park. And I give him a slight advantage, uh, but very slight, simply because uh, Chris Block has had so much success bringing horses to Kentucky Downs over the years. And uh, this is such a reliable, hard-trying horse. He never runs a bad race. He's run at the highest level of competition in graded stakes. And I'm going to give Sun Tracer the, uh, the slight edge here. And, again, 4-1, to one, I think, is a square price on him. Um, I, I do have about uh, t- two minutes left, and uh, again, for people approaching these fantastic cards that, that you've got left at Kentucky Downs, of course, they'll be able to see you on air with your selections. I know I'm, I'm catching you a couple days out, and you haven't made your mind up on all these, but as far as a handicapping at, at a track that's nothing but grass, how much emphasis do you put on the pedigree? Well, y- you have to, um, simply because you have a number of horses will be trying turf for the first time and you know there's no clear indicator of whether a horse will like the turf uh, but the best indicator is usually pedigree and of course we all know who the top uh, sires are uh, for horses running on the grass you mentioned kittens joy and certainly he is absolutely outstanding uh, he's at the uh, very top of the list along with you know city zip and and um uh, English Channel, who is a turf champion, for example. Um, so we look for those kinds of pedigrees in those horses. And I have an advantage down there in the paddock in that I get to see the horse, and I look at a lot of replays. And turf horses usually, I won't say always, but usually have a more um, more vertical action, a more a higher action when they run than a dirt horse. And that often is an indicator. And I get to see them in the paddock, and sometimes you know, you'll see a horse come in there with these huge flat feet 
which also uh, very often uh, suggest uh, a propensity to like the turf. So well, thank you so much for, for your insight, Gary. My producer's telling me it's it's time to close out. I love listening to you. Uh, it was great to see you the other day, and uh, I, I wish you nothing but the best. They, they got the right man for the job down there. I appreciate it, John. Thank you very much. You have a good evening. All right, that was Gary West. I can't thank him enough for his insight. Uh, what an intelligent handicapper and just a wonderful guy uh, to listen to. I could have him on for uh, the full hour. And also uh, I want to thank uh, Gary Johnson for spending time with us and remind everybody that your best bet at the track, let's face it, may well be at Kentucky Downs because you get the best deal for your money. So for uh, Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. That closes out another show. Remember, if you take a loved one to the races, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.